The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. A lady today appeared with 12 stars around her head. It's a message. The 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 apostles, and how often 12 comes up biblically. Russell for evil. Hitler claimed his Reich would last a thousand years. It only lasted twelve. Does that speak to you? Newsweek, January 18th, comes out online with a picture of Obama, a profile, side profile, like a bust out of the Roman Empire, with a title that says, The Second Coming. You think there's more to it with these analogies than something just being simplistic? If he's successful, not interrupted, he won't 
stop this next four years, he'll be there as king. I'm not saying that with malice or in spite. It's there. It's clear. But the most amazing thing to me is how few people see it. We played a song probably last year on one of our second or the 25th months that said, people must be drinking stupid in the water. We've dumbed ourselves down. I opened the Bible to this to start the show. Every man is stupid without knowledge. That's what I put my finger on. I don't know if people hear me sometimes say things are stupid or man is stupid. The Bible says it. It's right there. Every man is stupid and without knowledge. Why does it say that? Because it goes on and says, Every goldsmith is put to shame by his idols, for his images are false. How many images, how many things we handle each day, particularly the youth with their cell phones and how they, they hold these things so close to them, observe it in a distance way that if you didn't know the technology, you hadn't seen this 300 years ago, and you walk the streets now, you look at the youth and how they hold this thing everywhere they go, you wonder, what is it? Is it a baby? What are they fondling? What are they doing with this? What do they stare at it? They get out of the car. I saw a lady yesterday. Get out of the car, and immediately behind her husband, she's looking at this thing. He's already doing it. It's an idol, and yet people don't see it. Some people, that have wisdom, can use it in the sense of a tool. But many, many, and most people are addicted to it. They're not doing it for business. It's just something that makes them feel important. Constantly communication, not communicating to nobody. Can you believe how much we are in touch and how much we're out of touch? This verse in Jeremiah is there because it starts off saying, It is he who made the earth by his power, who established the world by his wisdom, and by his understanding stretched out the heavens. That's God. Everything else is false idols. And man who puts his faith in these, they're entwined by these things, or enshrined in these things in his daily life, every moment. Every man is stupid and with that knowledge. And what it goes on and says is, for the shepherds are stupid. Wow. I'm reading the Bible, remember. I'm not doing against what our lady says, pray for the shepherds. It's right here in the Bible. You want to look it up. Jeremiah 10, verse 21. For the shepherds are stupid. And they do not inquire of the Lord. Therefore they have therefore they have prospered, or rather therefore they have not prospered, and all their flocks is scattered. Whoa. Wow. Incredible. The Bible gives us incredible things, and that's what the messages of our lady are about, to bring us back to the Bible. And I don't do what I've heard from the puppets and say, oh, the messengers are saying the same thing, same old thing the scripture says. I read that here to Pope Benedict when he was Calvin Ratzinger who said 
that private revelations hold a certain position of importance. We restricted them to being mundane, not to be paid attention to. But without private revelations, still are rather public revelations, which is scriptural, private revelations is all these messages, that the public revelation of the Bible will be reduced to sterile repetition. Private revelation invigorates it. Pray for your shepherds, our lady says. Jeremiah says, for the shepherds are stupid and they do not inquire of the Lord. Therefore, they have not prospered and their flock is scattered. Every man is stupid without knowledge. Every goldsmith is put to shame by his idols. For his images are false and there is no breath in them. They are worthless, a work of delusion. At the time of the punishment, they will perish. You think the electronic world is going to continue when it's promotion of the most vile things? It's human rights. A right to pornography. A right to say the most vile things on there. A right to slander. No accountability. We focus so much on human rights. So much that we have to let lead rather than has led us to, as Solzhenitsyn said, the abyss of human decadence. Look at the electronic world. Look at Hollywood. Look at the decadence of human rights. We have a right to do this. This is erred. This has led us to being, or rather, it's led to man being the center of all, not God. The idols. American Idol. The names tell you what they do. We don't stop to pause and say, what does that mean? Idols is put in a negative form in the scriptures. In Hollywood, it's put in a grand form. And even a right to do certain things that are just purely human decadence of the lowest perverted degree. And it's promotion. And now we have it infiltrated in the Boy Scouts. Where's the pulpit? Where's anybody say anything? No big deal. We got to be right. And we can only be right if we recognize human rights. So we can let anybody into the Boy Scouts. And nobody's causing so much as a puff about it. Oh, it's here and there. Curse the Boy Scout troops that do this. May they crash. May they fall. May the judgment of God come down upon this and they be no more. We don't need it. And anybody that does, take this life form. You curse yourself. You curse your culture. You curse your city, just as Sodom did. But everybody's scared to say this. I didn't say anything for myself. I said what the biblical mandates are taught. And if you're contrary to that, and many Medjugorje people even are, we just got a letter, I did. You can't say abominables. You may offend somebody. That's not just. That's not right. Where are you? Your city's putting a lot of stupid in your water. Because Romans says, chapter 1, and they tolerated it. That's you if that's what you possess.
to think, oh, you're not loving the sinner if you say that. You love the sinner if you show them that you're, you're headed to hell. This is a chosen lifestyle. This is an adopted lifestyle. You're not born that way. That's the first road of recognition to recovery. To be in the grace of God. Man is a sinner. True. But when man sits there and says, well, sin is normal. This is just how I was born. This is who I am. This is why I am. Straight from the devil. And you as Christians, his accomplice? Every man is stupid with that knowledge. We've lost wisdom. We've fallen into the abyss of human decadence for human rights. Our emphasis must be, instead of on human rights, on human responsibility. We have a responsibility, a mandate to stay within natural law. Own everything, from idols to abominable living to many other sins. Oh, you're born an adulteress? How can we not go around and say that? Nothing's wrong anymore. There's no sin anymore. I was just reading a letter and something somebody sent to us that appeared in the papers. Actually, the National Catholic Register. And it talked about a priest who, for the Mulady, he was praising this person in the editorial. The priest who wrote about Maybe it's time for a corrective measure that we corrected discipline that we start using excommunication. Great, fantastic. But even he says if we do this, the priest, to the politicians, it may backfire. Forget the backfire. Forget the adverse effects. You don't weigh out consequences when you lay out truth. You act on it, you do the right thing, and you let the pieces fall where they may. God makes the pieces fall where something can be built out of it. But if we anticipate, well, if we do this, this is going to cause a backlash. We may lose some Catholics. Good! Get out of the church! Better a small, leaner church than a fat, lazy one full of sin. We don't need numbers. We need unity. It's call time. The whole basic principle of the messages of Our Lady is calling. Make a decision, dear children. It's the time of decision, children. Who are God's people? Those who follow Him. Who are God's children? Everybody. A son and a family not doing the parents what they say is still a son. But is that the same standing as a son who's doing the right thing and being obedient? The parents can love both of them the same, do they not? Are they not grieved over their wayward son? But they don't have the same same standing that the title good can be given to them. God's people are supposed to be a good people. Not a stupid people, not an idol-worshiping people, a people who follow God. Everybody's God's children. But not everybody's good God's children. It's up to us to realize 
and not buy into the lie of all this human rights, socialism, redistribution. It's not God's way. And yet the church, or rather, I'm sorry, the members of the church have advised even our people in the hierarchy to go toward this direction. Previous popes to this age was dead set against the socialism, the redistribution of wealth. Christian principles teach that you plow your own field. You give it to one or another person or a thousand people who own the same field. Who's going to plow it? You take care of what's yours. You will make it prosper. Hunger is a good motivator. And we've got the government put 47 people on government assistance. It's not the government's responsibility. It's the church's. It's individual. Personal responsible. If I see somebody in need, I help them. And if I was to give them $100, I detest and I resent that the government can get that same $100 from my pocket and give it to the same people to help them. It's my responsibility, not the government's. You understand why this is dangerous, why it will be a holocaust, and why it will lead to our destruction. This comes from a writer by the name of Hunter Baker who's writing on social leveling, socialism and secularism. Social leveling is something we typically associate with the destruction of material differences between men. It is the socialist dream of a classless society in which distinctions, usually the result of economic variation, are made relevant or irrelevant, I'm sorry. The state empowered by the political action of the masses, or at least a group claiming to speak for the masses, works to gain control of the wealth and property of a society and then to redistribute it in such a way as to make people equal. It should be obvious that this type of action vastly increases the power of the state because it becomes the effective owner of all property. Although socialism aims to wipe out material inequality, it merely presents a new opportunity for sin. James Madison noted that taking control of the property in a state will not make people equal for more than a very short time. They have different talents, abilities, and levels of energy. A new elite will assert itself, just as it has in every nation with the communist revolution. The difference is that instead of the productive computer genius earning the luxuries of life, it goes to a gifted political functionary or some other obedient person. Forced economic leveling performed by the state is intended to erase the sin of greed, but it turns out that someone has to make the sacrifice of living at the mountain retreat with on-call sushi chef. While there have been Christian socialists, Socialism has primarily been the province of secularists. I suspect that is because while it it is easy to understand how Christians could endorse a voluntary sharing of all property, it is harder to see them endorse the kind of involuntary sharing, which a more blunt person might refer to as coercive confiscation legitimized by government power. St. Augustine thought in this way when he pictured some governments as bands of robbers with official uniforms of state. Political leftists 
often criticized Ronald Reagan for his great willingness to help individual persons who asked for his aid while he was simultaneously opposed to erecting great structural plans of income redistribution or expansion of the welfare state. That is because he was interested in the virtue of one person helping another. Interestingly, Aristotle held the same position. He decried socialism because it would replace the beauty of voluntary giving with the state-imposed sameness of means. Reagan knew it was right for him to sign a check and send it to a person in need. He did not presume to do that on someone else's behalf by confiscating their funds. The logic of social leveling can be extended in many directions. Plato applied it to property and to family. Members of his imaginary guardian class were to have both common wives and children and common property, making sure that all of them had basically the same things was designed to create great empathy and cooperation. Thus, Plato imagined that when one felt pain, all would feel pain and move to heal it. When one felt pleasure, all would enjoy it, and so on. There is a serious problem with this line of thinking, and it has to do with human nature. Aristotle pointed out that the man with a thousand sons really has no son. The man with one son is almost surely willing to give his life for him. Similarly, a field that is owned by everyone is unlikely to be plowed, but a field owned by one man is likely to be as productive as he can make it. Starvation was a perennial problem in China until the communists began to yield the point. Same was in Russia. They couldn't produce enough food. So they realized what we need to do as communists is renege a little bit. And they gave a little plot of land allowing people to have their own personal plot. That plot across Russia fed most of Russia. Maybe a quarter of acre, I don't remember. Maybe a 50 by 100 foot piece of ground that they were allowed to personally have. And the big corporate communist farms, social experiments, because that's what it was, was an experiment that never worked, was only feeding like 2% of the people, while the other was like 98%. I don't remember the statistics, but it's something like that, way lopsided. Amazing. Because people, by human nature, by God's design, will meet their own needs. Many restaurants on the coast say, do not feed the birds. When we have to go and work on meds.com and we work and do our rosary on an isolated house in the wintertime on the beach where we can be think tanking, we always bring our scrap food out and the seagulls will sit there in the beginning days and come there and they eat. They get a lot earlier the next day. Before we leave there a month later, they're there in the morning waiting for us hours. Because it's in nature that if you're going to be provided for, why work? And they become aggressive. They become mean with each other. Nature speaks. And human nature speaks. We need the virtues of work ethics. Not freeloading. All this is a result of sin. And a human right. God didn't guarantee human rights. He guaranteed inalienable rights. 
I'm not, not, not inalienable, unalienable. Inalienable is something different than unalienable. Unalienable is from God. Human rights is not a new invention. Really, Satan invented it in the Garden of Eden when he introduced it to Eve because she wanted the right to the knowledge of evil. And so it is. We find ourselves in serious crisis. What are we to do about that? Pull out of the system. Everywhere you can do that, and you can't do it completely, take those decisions and make them. We're hearing from people every day who read they fired the first shot, who are incorporated, who are here at the conference. we got the next conference again, April, what? 18th to the 20th. And it motivates you. And there's a lot of excitement. I talked to some people yesterday, actually two different things. I did a, a, a program with a, a Mormon in Utah. We're introducing our lady to a lot of people right now. It's incredible. And it's spreading through a lot of them. They fired the first shot along with other people, and including non-believers. Because we're just espousing truth. We're just following what our lady says in our messages. Don't apologize for our lady. Don't feel like, well, you have to have and talk about the secular aspects of they fired the first shot and leave our lady out or Medjugorje out of it. I've never done that, and we've grown from that. Don't feel like you've got to anticipate because somebody's Protestant, they won't accept it. And because somebody's Mormon, they won't accept it. God himself of the Mormons, of the non-believers, of the Christians, of the Catholics, or whoever they may be, the Muslims, is sending the Virgin Mary. We do not have to apologize for that. Let that be a rejection clause. That they can't gulp that? Okay. We don't present it and they fire the first shot in a forceful way, but in a natural way. And if someone can't believe it, that's okay. But truth is accepted, and when they see her words... They say, hey, I can accept that. I don't know about these apparitions, things, but I can accept it. And it's incredible the amount of people have done that. Not with just they fired the first shot, but with ain't going to happen. With look what happened. I see far. On and on. And hundreds of other booklets that's been written here. All never apologizing to Our Lady. So for those of you doing it, they fired the first shots, don't think you've got to subdue Our Lady. You won't be blessed. Our mission has prospered by putting her out front. And we've even had Amish bishops give out our material. Pretty incredible. We'd like to apologize for what God's doing. Frank, you there? Yeah, it's it's uh, always a great joy. And, and this week, um, you know, you talk about these two writings leading people to Our Lady. And uh, some friends this week told me that and they're solidly behind, uh, you know, Caritas and the mission. And I didn't realize that they had come to this mission through, it ain't going to happen. Someone gave them the book. Another uh, good friends of ours that uh, are um, found this mission through, it ain't going to happen. And uh, so many that are finding this mission through, they fired the first shot 2012 and, and find a Medjugorje Our Lady. And so uh, it, it's just a joy to see this through the writings and, um, I met somebody the other day, and I just uh, struck up a conversation with them, talking to them for a long time about, you know, where we are in this administration and what they're doing. And he was right in line with what I was saying, and, you know, I was telling him 
you know, I'm down here where Our Lady has led us since we um, got rid of the business and stopped working on Sundays, and the, the blessings are just going. Um, Our Lady works very fast uh, to, to bless you when you're following these writings and living the commandments. But after this long conversation of why I'm down here in God's will and closing on Sundays and what happened, I said, what do you do for a living? He said, you're not going to believe it, but you're not giving him the two, the two recent books. It ain't going to happen. They fired the first shot. He said, I'm a retired FBI agent, and I'm a pastor of a church. And um, he, he thanked me. He said, are these for me? And I said, yes. And so he was very grateful for the books, and um, it's because of this private revelation that I'm here, I'm able to do these things, and where would we be without Our Lady in these times? I know you've said the world would have ended based on Our Lady's messages if she hadn't come. And so this is the most important thing that, that we can be doing today is listening to every radio wave program, every metronomics, reading all the writings, and putting Our Lady's message into life. Well, there's steps that we need to take. When we see these things and see what's coming down and see how stupid man is, really, we need to say, okay, what, what do I need to do? And, of course, the first thing Our Lady says is four basic messages, pray, fasting, penance, and contrition, confession. And all of the messages spring forth from these four basic messages. Well, peace is one of them. Um, so, it's, so it's prayer, fasting, peace, and penance is the four basic ones. Everything else comes from that. Jesus didn't start Holy Mass in his first three years of the ministry. It's the last thing he did. He had to get them on a foundation to be able to get to that highest point. You don't get your degree in your studies at the beginning. You graduate to that. And they got to be built on some kind of building block, some basic math. So the very basic foundation below the ground is these four things. So after years of doing that or having that, what do you do in the midst of that? Well, there's physical steps you need to take. You need to secure your place. We have many people right now calling Caritas. We have from the conference, from They Fired the First Shot, who are moving out of the cities. Some incredible story, stories to do that. But the one immediately th immediate thing you can do is to protect what you have. In other words, your means of exchange, which is dollars. And these dollars have to be protected because we know it's diminishing. We know it's going to go away. Ain't going to happen explains that. You need to read that book. You have to read that book. Reading that book, you'll realize that you have to put your something in intrinsic valued commodity. A mineral, and that's silver. Its value is value because God ordained it to be value. And it's always been the means of exchange. Gold is the king's, silver is the gentleman, the peasant is bartering, and the slave is debt. And most of us, and I say us, not including me, because I've been, I never went that way. I paid as I went years, way before years. Caritas was even started. Caritas is based on pain as it goes. But generally speaking, us, the country, is 
operated by debt. And they want to expand this economy and fix it by debt. That is totally stupid. It's ludicrous. It doesn't have any ounce of knowledge of wisdom in it at all. How do you expect to expand your checking account or your economic well-being by expanding more writing more checks of money you don't have? Just the opposite. You go the other way. And now I read they were trying to expand or, or raise our, our debt limit. Does that make sense to you? They were so greedy that our government is so erred, the people as the recipients of these benefits are so erred in their thinking that they think, okay, we'll just expand or raise up the debt. This means you're getting higher on the pole. The higher you climb on a tree, the smaller the limbs get. And when you get to the tip top and you're standing on little branches, you're going to fall and crash to the bottom. And that will be at the absolute highest when that can no longer sustain you. It breaks. And that's what's coming with the economy. You can't keep raising the debt. You have to be cutting out a lot of expenditures to bring things in line. They're not willing to do that. They're not going to do that because they don't want it to happen on their watch. A lot of people are making money right now on this whole thing. A lot of greed, a lot of sin. So where do you want to be? You want your $100 in the bank or you want $100 to be in silver? Ain't going to happen, I wrote Annette, to bring that $100 into silver with the Maracas metal on it, so that when you cha- exchange it and exchange silver, silver, silver is worth what silver is worth. It can't become valueless. The dollar can crash. It can fall out of the tree and be worthless. And that's going to happen. Because we're printing money to make more ability to have more debt. It's just basic common sense. So your first steps that you can take now is to exchange that into not secular silver. You want it blessed. These are robbers that come for you if you think, well, I'm going to just do this or silver bars or silver eagles. You don't want that. You want to have a double meaning for what every step you take. He says, don't dare take a step without God. Everything we do is with the purpose of biblically what can happen with this. What can I do or, or with something in the church like Our Lady's Miraculous Medal given to St. Catherine, that all who carry it will be blessed with this. And many miraculous conversions, literally millions of miracles have happened with the miraculous medal. That's why we designed the miraculous medal Medjugorje round. It's nothing about money. I have a consolation in helping to show people what I've done with my own life. How from very young, I was never in debt. How I built my house for over eight years and lived in a trailer that some people who persecuted us call ratty trailers. We hated to move out into a nice, beautiful home. A home we moved into pre-Medjugorje. Had nothing to do with Medjugorje, although I was preparing, I had the right mentality, I was doing the right things according to the messages of which I didn't know except in my heart. And it's a consolation for me to pass these things on to live this way. And that's why I designed this, designed this round, that if you've got to have means of exchange, you've got to have dollars, why not turn it into something that would have a religious purpose, a purpose of saving people from the fires of hell? 
at which a lady invigorated the Maracas medal, bringing more life, updated it in November of 1989 when she told Maria to carry the Maracas medal. Pray for those who carry the Maracas medal. Pray for their salvation. She didn't say that in Rudabach 150 plus years ago. She said that in Medjugorje. This mission doesn't do anything that's not connected to the messages of the modern day immediate prime from God, Medjugorje. So the Maracas Medal Medjugorje Medallion is about exchanging what you have, holding it in safekeeping, until you have to have exchange, you say, well, what do I got to do when I got to buy a car? You just go put it on the silver market. They take them. There's several several companies that have taken hundreds of thousands of dollars. These, if not millions, have been exchanged back for cash. Because people have to take it back. But the idea is not silver. It's not even the miraculous metals you go around. It's, it's doing something and piggybacking on something you have to do in your functions of life. But it's a means to hold something in safekeeping, even your 401k, put it into this medallion. Because you can't go buy land tomorrow. What's happening right now, though, we've been espousing this, and I've been talking about this for three years now since I wrote the book, or two and a half years ago, ain't going to happen, that people now are really coming to buy the land. It's a beautiful thing. The floodgates are open. There are things happening right now where we're hearing stories, I got my place, and that sprung forth from they fired the first shot because they fired the first shot is a, is a, is the opening gate flag that lets you on the track, and now people are experiencing the checkered flag. They've got the land. You can turn your silver back into ground because the most important thing is is not silver, but getting your food from your ground to your mouth, and that's brings sanctity that brings gratefulness and gratitude to God there's something about that that you cannot not think about God just like the people in Brittany France where I spoke who are the most godly people in all of France where most of the rest of the country lives and adheres to city life the rural always has a higher participation and interest of God because the dynamics of what Adam was told in the Garden of Eden, by the sweat of your brow you shall eat. You may not have to touch the dirt. You may have workers for you. So don't think it means, oh, i got to be on my hands and knees in dirt all day long if you're a surgeon. Get to the land. Get immediately in the steps of taking your funds, be it your 401k, take it. It may not be there next year. Take whatever you can get. If you only get 50% of it, 30% of it, Take it now. Don't wait. Frank? Yeah, the market's providing us a tremendous opportunity. As I've seen this over the years where the price is decided in the paper market and you just get this long, drawn-out consolidation. But what it does for us is it just keeps it at a low price for us. And when it comes out of this, it could move very rapidly because the shorts get complacent and there's a lot of weak-handed shorts that are added that means sellers that don't have physical silver to cover and they have to um capitulate and the price gets moving higher and and we resume the uptrend as we did from 2008 and then again when the book was released um we've just been in this long consolidation now it's an opportunity 
And the miraculous medal that you go around, as you have said, is a grace we need. And it's a grace we obtain for saying yes to Our Lady just by purchasing them. I've seen this, and and people that have purchased them have seen it, and it's a grace we obtain for the world. Of course, I gave a pastor a tenth of an ounce, and I said this was a man's ways before I knew he was a pastor. And um, I said the, the miraculous model, many miracles. And he, and when I said it was, you know, this was a man's wage for the day, he said, a denarius. And so I knew he knew the Bible, but this is biblical. And there's a tremendous grace to be obtained through the miraculous metal Medjugorje round and graces we can't imagine in the future. And you can't, so, you, you can't, you can't purchase these. They're not for sale. You don't buy this. You exchange money for the silver. The U.S. Mint won't let you call silver money, but when you trade your dollars for the same thing and the same value, you can't change its name, even though by law they say that. So we adhere to that. At the same time, you pay the spot price, and you pay for it to be minted, and basically that's it. One thing when I had Frank set up to do this was we didn't want people to make money on this because we wanted the consolation of these people who would exchange their funds for this to be able to do this without trying to buy something like the Bradford Exchange or some kind of thing, a collectible items. This is not about that at all. You pay the mint price, you pay the spot price, you pay the, the, the handling, and that's it. There's no specialty round out there, medallia, that can be gotten at this price because it's really spot plus it's manufacturing price. We received a, a letter recently uh, from a man who had been given the book. They fired the first shot, and he was re- reluctant to really get into it, felt that he wasn't going to learn anything new from it because he was very much aware of what's going on in the world. And um, But through encouragement, he kept at it, and, um, and now he's literally on fire, like so many of you have experienced. So um, taken by just what is in the book, and the, the hope that's there. But he ended the letter by saying, Friend of Medjugorje, watch your back. That there's not, uh, if this information is this uh, is getting out, um, there's no doubt that the those who have opposite views of yours uh, also know it. And um, he said that he prays for Friend of Medjugorje every day. And we know many of you do, and uh, do understand um that there's a price to pay for being so bold in stating and confronting uh, these evil agendas. And so we ask that you out there would continue to do that, to continue to pray for a friend of Medjugorje and this mission and community, that we would continue to be strong in putting out this message that a friend of Medjugorje will have the strength to continue this as well. There is uh, an increase in attack on the internet against a friend of Medjugorje and his reputation. We expect that to increase. We ask that you would uh, be strong not only in your prayer, but in also defending this mission and defending a friend of Medjugorje, that you, if you ever uh, are confronted with people that speak against the mission, that you encourage them to call us and we will speak to them directly over their concerns of what they've read. Uh, you also be versed in how to address these. There's an excellent uh, writing of a friend of Medjugorje called Judge with Right Judgment that you can download free off of Medjugorje.com that will help to answer those questions. 
Um, but go into the ambush with this. Um, there's a, always a principle that we see happen over and over again. That it only takes Satan three months of, uh, after something's been released, a project here or uh, a writing here, in which he begins to formulate his own um, resistance to it. So, as I said, we expect to see this um, activities of Satan increase against uh, the reputation of our founder uh, and this mission as the book has greater influence in the culture. Well, the purpose of that is to get you not to read the material, to drive you away from it. And so, you know, it's real easy to discern this. It's not a very difficult thing to discern. Satan makes things complicated and makes all these webs and, and brings up things that are false or twisted. But Our Lady was just here a few months ago in July 2012. Our Lady was here before that in March. Our Lady was here before that in 2009, in 2008, in 2006, or probably seven. There's been 170 apparitions here. Our Lady gave a message July 3rd, 2012. Fresh, not even a year ago. Is the combination of 27 years of doing this that could not be given if those who want to destroy this mission, what they say is true. So that's how you measure by. Wait a minute. Our lady's here. And she does this. And enemies say this. It's truth versus lie. So it's real simple. It's not very complicated to do this. It's really a distraction. This is why we don't address it. I don't get inter, um, involved in it. You know, and it's sad for those who people who don't have the discernment, don't have the knowledge, <clears throat> they're so disconnected from being able to see truth, that you just balance against what our lady's done and what she continues to do and how she's made this mission prosper. Frank, your contact? Yeah, you can contact us toll-free, 877-936-7686. You can reach us by email at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. Our website is globalsilverinvestors.com. It also has the information, contact information. Jeremiah 10, verse 21. For the shepherds are stupid, and they do not inquire of the Lord. Therefore, they have not prospered, and all their flocks is scattered. The Bible. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered.
It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.